Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest installment of 10 Minutes on Brand. I'm Will Strawn, partner and chief growth officer here at Focus Lab. This week, I had the pleasure of meeting with Edoya Gikas to discuss the topic of brand archetypes, what they are, and how brands can utilize them to create a more intentional brand experience. With that, let's go ahead and dive into our conversation. All right, Edoya, pleasure to see you today. I'm really excited to talk to you about brand archetypes um, because you are one of our brand writers here and you deal with this every single day. So thank you again for joining Tim Minnesota Brand. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Cool. Um, so the rules, 10 minutes on brand, pretty straightforward. We've got 10 minutes. So with that, the clock has already started. So if you're cool, I'm ready to dive in. Let's do it. All right. So the first question I say, hey, let's let's keep it pretty short. So what would you say is a uh, a simple definition of brand archetypes? Perfect place to start. So we have to back up and just give a general definition of what archetypes are. Archetypes are universally recognized um, personas and stories and symbols. So in storytelling and art, there'll be um, there'll be themes that are very recognizable to anybody, regardless of um, language, culture, age, time. Um, so these are stories like rags to riches stories or um, mm. underdog stories. And then the personas within those stories are also archetypes. So hero archetypes, rebels, um, lovers, those sorts of themes that everybody recognizes. Gotcha. So in terms of like brands, it's really no different. Brands can identify as a certain archetype and that helps them tell a story and weave a narrative about who they are. Okay, got it. And uh, I know we utilize archetypes in uh, the brand, the brands that we help our clients build. We help our clients land on what their archetype should be. Yes. So we, what, before we kick off with a client, we send them a brand personality quiz and mm. they actually take the quiz thinking about who they want to be in the future. And that helps them land on a general archetype. From okay. there, once they engage with us and we start to get to know them, we're able to then, as strategists and writers and designers, um, come up with something a little bit more honed in. So we might be able to identify if it's something more specific than a sage archetype that's more okay. unique. If it's a person that's not engaged with us, there are brand decks out there that you can play with, um, you know, but it is a group exercise that you'd want to bring more than one person onto to see about where you want your brand to go and how uh, how you want to characterize your brand. Gotcha. Um, I always do well with, um, you know, learning from examples. Um, are there any examples of companies and their associated archetypes that you might be able to share with us so we can kind of better understand or uh, have clarity about some that are in the market that we may interact with daily now? Totally. Huge brands that have very strong archetypes are like Nike. Nike is very much a hero archetype and they tell a hero story. Um, some of their marketing is around underdog stories, you know, triumph over, over challenges. Outdoorsy brands tend to have like an explorer archetype. So, okay. um, Patagonia and North Face, very much explorer mm. archetypes. Apple, they're a creator archetype. Um, what's interesting about all of these brands, many of our clients cite as aspirational brands, people that they like to, that they look up to, that they want to emulate. And what is universal about all these brands is that, that they, tell a very consistent story and all of these are easily recognizable and they're recognizable recognizable because they're archetypes. They're um they're stories that resonate with everybody. They create emotional connection. 
um, recognition and memorability. And I guess it helps them with how they communicate, right? If they're a hero brand, they need to kind of stay within, I guess, some of the guardrails of that archetype. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any, um, so since you, uh, you're a brand writer here at Focus Lab, you help our clients create their verbal identities. You help them create their core messages like mission, vision, purpose, and situational messages. How do you utilize archetypes in the work that you do with our branding partners? Well, archetypes, we use them as like a touch point throughout the entire branding process. Okay. Uh, when it comes down specifically to communications, we as writers use archetypes pretty directly to help us inspire voice and tone attributes. So mm. when we talk about voice and tone with our clients, we're talking about how do we personify your brand so that when you speak, we can recognize you. So it makes mm. sense then that it's based on sort of a, a character or persona that people are already familiar with. Then okay. we also use archetypes, um, not only with persona, but in terms of storytelling in general with a brand story, which we write for all of our clients. Um, it helps to create a cohesive narrative and again, get people really engaged and, um, and identifying with the story of that brand. Gotcha. Okay. Here comes my, give me the juicy details. Uh, since you see all types of archetypes, um, from all of our partners and they go through these quizzes. Are there any archetypes out there that you think people should avoid right now that are maybe like overused or cliche? Yeah. Maybe? Well, yes. In our space, we work with B2B tech companies. So the sage archetype comes up over and over again. Okay. The sage archetype is one that is wise and knowledgeable. And it's someone that imparts that knowledge onto other people so that they can, you know, mature and self-actualize. Okay. And the the problem with the sage is that who doesn't want to be a wise and knowledgeable brand that helps other people become better? Mm. So when it comes to when we have clients that come up with the sage archetype, which happens a lot, we do um, we do some additional thinking as we get to know them to find something more customized than a sage. Okay. So it's kind of like adjacent archetypes in the sage family would be something like a mentor, which might mm. fit a lot better. We understand mentors as um, uh, people who guide us along that are there with us as partners and help us to become our own type of sages. We also get creator a lot, which is pretty obvious. Most businesses create something that then sell it out to the world and they are creative and, and inventive. But again, it's like, who isn't a creator? Are you okay. something different? Are you a storyteller? What kinds of things do you create? Story, art, um, that's how we get to something more unique and specific for a brand. Gotcha. And I know um, differentiation is a huge part of uh, helping our partners think through the future of their brand. And would you say if they define an archetype and it feels like any of their competitors could claim that same archetype, is that a good, is that another kind of clear rationale why we should try to either go down a layer deeper or move to another archetype? Yes and no. So when we want to differentiate, obviously we want to make sure that we're coming up with the, with unique characteristics, like you're pointing out. But we also want to make sure that we're not trying to be different for the sake of being different. And mm, because okay. then that causes problems with execution. If you're trying to sound like someone because just because you want to be different, but that's not authentic to your brand, then people are going to have trouble. Number one, getting on board and number two, then executing it because it's just yeah. not authentic. You know, it, it, and people, you're the recipients of that messaging. Your customers will be able to tell that like, something's off because you're not sounding like yeah. like the same person across the different ways. Yeah, they're going to weed, weed you out quick. You know, they're oh, going to yeah. be like, 
uh, I do not believe what you're saying. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. You know, uh, I, I spent a long time kind of looking through the archetypes book the other day. Do you have any favorite archetypes that you're like, man, I wish I, I haven't been able to dabble in this end of the archetype spectrum, but maybe one day is there kind of a archetype that's on your wish list? Yeah, that's a great question. I have a couple. So one is the every man or every person. I think okay. that people overlook that. I think that there's such a, a great emotional connection that you can make with your, with your recipients of your messaging or your customers uh -huh. with just being like them, like being in the trenches with them. There's nothing wrong with being in every person, uh, recognizable. Another one is like a rebel or an outlaw. I love it. Okay. Every once in a while, we'll get a client who's just like wants to buck the system, wants <laughs> to be totally unconventional and is okay with owning it. And okay. I love that because then we can just throw all caution to the wind and really get deep on, um, on something that's authentic and differentiation takes care of itself from them because they are by definition nonconformist. They will be different in the landscape. So those are archetypes that get me really excited about storytelling and doing communications work. Oh, I love those. You know, the Everman one is great because it's kind of like, this is a brand that, you know, they sit on the same side of the table as you. They're there with you. They're approachable. They're kind of dependable. It's kind of like your best friend. And I do really like the Rebel. That reminds me of my old school punk rock days. You know, let's just, <laughs> yeah, which was a very, very long time ago. Well, yeah. awesome. Well, Itoya, uh, we are right at 10 minutes. Thank you so much for this. Um, I love, I've, I've really enjoyed watching you and the rest of the team utilize brand archetypes. Um, and it's always, it always blows me away with how, uh, it, it allows our partners to think about their brand through a different lens. Cause oftentimes, you know, when people think of brands, they just think of their logo or their color palette. But this is something that is so, it's something that we interact with every single day, but most people might not realize that it has an influence on the brands that they surround themselves with mm -hmm. because it drives, you know, personality. So with yeah. that, Idoya, thank you so much. I hope you have an awesome day and uh, yeah. I'll see you around. Thank you so much.